What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Forty Going on Eighteen, the podcast where three longtime friends in their forties talk about anything and everything. Today, we're talking about personality tests. What are your letters, and what do they reveal about you? So let's go. All right, gentlemen. So I thought we'd get into the personality tests, and one of the most common ones out there is kind of the Myers Briggs test. And mm-hmm, uh, there's mm-hmm. one available online. It's called Sixteen Personalities, and uh, basically it's the permutation of all the four letters, uh, and you can be any one of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I thought it'd be a good conversation to to kind of go through your different t- types and see whether you agree, disagree, or, or have any uh, other. Uh, qualms uh, about what's how they have assessed you so uh, anyone want to go first in terms of their, their type and and which one they agree or disagree with yeah before we get into it I, i'm curious when did you guys first come across like this myers-briggs personality test because i remember how i came across it so i'm curious of how you guys came across it i think i heard about it sometime late middle school early high school oh wow that's but early that's early but it was yeah. meant I think it was mentioned to me, but I I knew nothing. Like personality test, blah blah blah. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't like it was given to me. So hmm. I've no I've no idea when I actually last when I first took it. So I wouldn't even know how my life has changed or my my personality has changed if it had changed. Mm-hmm. How about you? How about you guys? I think for me is well probably around high school where I heard of it, but mm. like never like dove into it or tried it or anything like that. I think it's probably in reference to some of the careers courses or something like that, there's probably a mention of it somewhere. Right. But the first time I took it was actually when, when I started work. So after graduating uh, university, then I think as part of a team building session, like everybody took it, I think it was pre the session, everyone mm-hmm. took it just, and the, it was a talking point amongst it. And, and my letters then were actually slightly different than they are right, right now. And then I've actually taken it a couple of times throughout uh my career and and it's come up a, a a little bit different well not necessarily each time like there are some commonalities uh, but uh, it has been different so it, it, that's quite a uh interesting thought on my side so how about you friend yeah i first came across it when i was in in business school again we were hmm. all forced to do it uh during kind of like the ice breaking session so then all your group members were, were to take the test and then you guys can kind of discuss it afterwards. And then I found it interesting in that it, it obviously it tries to put you into a bucket of 16 different types. And, uh, and you know, some types are a little bit more common than others, some a little bit more rare than others. And, and a lot of it is kind of looking into those traits and seeing how it fits you, whether you agree with it or not. So yeah, that was the first time I came across it. I've done the test like 20 different times, different versions of it. And I always end up with the same four letters. Why did you bother to do it multiple, like 20 times? I mean, you know, I, so this is probably the well, reflection again of these letters <laughs> uh, in that I feel like it's an evidence-based approach in that I need it to be repeatable so that I can do it many, many times. And if it's repeatable and I get the same results, then therefore I believe that this thing is actually consistent. So it's also probably a function of that personality where I just feel like can, will my answers change if I actually maybe purposely try to answer a question differently? But then I, I try to always stay true to what I believe. And I always just ended up in this bucket. And I'm always trying to figure out, can I figure out how to get into a different bucket? But I just am never able to. So it's very curious. And are these tests always the same provider? Because that's no. the other thing where, okay. No. So I tried all different types of providers, hoping that I might get a different result. Mm. 
just you know for an experimental reason <laughs> and, and always end up not being the case so maybe we'll just get right into it so my four letters are i n t j which essentially means i guess i'm introverted intuitive thinking and judging those are the four categories and uh, maybe you guys can actually go to that i n tj personality page and look into some of those uh, descriptions to see if it actually fits me so it's one thing for me to read those description and think okay yeah that's me but maybe you know having friends take a look at those descriptions do you guys actually think it fits who i am well funny enough that was the same four letters as my first uh result so the first time okay. i took the test i, yeah. I was an intj and yep. okay, I thought I would be. And then I took it later and I was a little bit different. <laughs> I think I was <laughs> uh, an e ENFP was like kind of a middle one at some point. And then now I am uh, something different. So, but uh, yeah. okay. So if we take a look at the strengths for INTJ, uh, just grabbing a couple. Uh, yeah, definitely rational, informed, determined. <laughs> I say that kind <laughs> of uh, pr pretty much sum, sums you up. Uh, I'd agree. I don't know. Thank, Any you other ones? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. For sure. Now let's get to the weaknesses. Yes, those are the those are the funner things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Highly, highly dismissive of emotions. No, I, I just add the word highly. I, I'm yeah, a yeah. robot. Overly critical. Yeah, I would probably say. I, I don't think you're that combative. Um, no, I wouldn't say not, I'm combative. But yeah. I'm open for I'm open to debates, and maybe sometimes people see that as combative potentially. Fair enough. Um, and maybe it depends on your on your delivery of. Perhaps. Your side of the argument. Yeah. And I think one yeah. of the things that they talked about is that um, I tend to be kind of blunt with how I say things, but I don't necessarily mean to be like mean about it. <laughs> it's just the way that I've, I, I deliver the message maybe seems kind of blunt. Okay. Um, do you think you've changed for the better on that point? You know, it's hard to say because one of the, so one of the weaknesses here too, I think it's that I tend to be impatient when, when kind of people who don't seem to think on the same level as I do. So then I become a, a bit less uh, open to having discussions with them. And I, I more, more or less dismiss them to an extent, which is, I think it's a weakness, for example. So I think I should try to learn from some of these things and be tapped into my emotions more potentially, which then kind of carries over into more the INFJ <laughs> that, that Luki is. But Luki, you mentioned that you were originally kind of like an INTJ. What do you think have happened to make you turn into kind of the uh, INFJ? I, th I think it was a little bit of um, more em empathy and realizing mm. that people were are, are more important than I gave myself credit for. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think as a realization that that relationships were important. I, I think in my career at work, <clears throat> I was very focused on doing the work that the results will speak for itself. But then I realized kind of time and time again that the people who are doing kind of better, getting promoted or whatever, they, they just knew other folks and they were caring for other, whether they truly cared or not, or just kind of yeah. down nosing and all that. But th there was a uh, people element. And then I kind of found that, you know what, I actually, I actually like people. <laughs> I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind talking to folks and getting to know them and, and having them become th their best. And it wasn't just the truly about the work, right? So uh, I think that was my shift. So maybe it was always there. It's just I identified myself in a different way. So I kind of blocked that out of me. It's kind of the way that I I picture it. Like, I, I think the F is naturally me because when most people reach out to me, they're like, yeah, you're definitely an F. <laughs> right? 
right? <laughs> the, the T, but they can now see, yeah, but you're also T, right? So it's kind of that that, that hovering maybe in the middle uh, that, that you flip back and forth. So I don't know. Yeah. And, and according to, I guess we should say this on our on our podcast here, is that according to the, the tests that we actually took, they give you these specific types. So with me being an INTJ, they box me into what's called the architect, which tends to be more... Uh, someone who is more tactician, love perfecting the details of life, applying creativity and rationality to everything they do, whereas the inner world is also often a private and complex one. And if I look at, uh, Luki, the INFJ, you are what's called the advocate, mm-hmm. uh, which tend to, who tends to approach life with a deep thoughtfulness and imagination, your inner vision, personal values, and a quiet principle version of humanism guide you in all things so in your strengths and weaknesses so let's kind of go through that to see if uh, you agree or, or we agree or disagree with that so on the strength size it says that you're creative with a strong sense of compassion yeah which i think is true you're insightful and principled and passionate which i also believe there to be true Kurt, yep. any objection to those? <laughs> nope, I'm waving. I'm waving you. There you go. Here, uh, okay. So let's again on the weaknesses side. Mm-hmm. Sensitive to criticism. So when someone challenges your principle or values, you may react strongly and you may become defensive. Do you find that, that to be true? I, I don't really. I, I mean, okay. Maybe internally, I, I would probably react to it, but like react strongly. Mm. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that would be true. Yeah, I feel like you're not you're not combative and you're not like defensive to the point where you would it would seem like you're you know you're reacting very strongly. Yeah, um, I would think that's almost different than the F part because it's like the hmm. you you would uh, kind of empathize with the other people and want to see their point, so you yeah. shouldn't be open to criticism. But I, I mean, I guess sure. they're saying that it's when someone actually challenges your core principle and values, and I don't know uh, if anybody's ever done that to you necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So I think it's like if someone challenges your opinion, maybe you feel like, okay, you know what? I don't need to be very sensitive about that. But if they're actually challenging your values, you know, maybe uh, maybe you may be very defensive. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I feel yeah, like a- anybody who whose core gets penetrated yeah. has to be kind of defensive, right? I mean, right, right. Yeah. So I don't know what that, what that weakness is, like this... I don't know if that's really just, yeah. uh, just like applicable to INFJ or it's really more. Right, for... right. What about yeah, the reluctance yeah. to open up? Mm. So you advocates uh, value honesty, but also private. So they may find it difficult to open up and be vulnerable to their struggles. I, I think that that's true? probably true. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, okay. I, I probably share less than uh, like I share a lot, but I probably mm. share less <laughs> that than this is hidden inside, right? So mm. yeah, so there's probably a lot of about me that that I don't share with you guys. Nor should you have to. Nor should you have to. Us introverts understand. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So Kurt, you took the test twice. Yeah. When what were your results? Do so, share. And approximately enough. how how long in between did you take them? <laughs> uh, how about uh, 24 hours. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. 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 That's a good, uh, that's a good time. Yeah. It's really, it was really interesting because my first one was, came out with ISFJ. Okay. It's a, it's a defender personality. So mm. it's, it's, I could see some of the qualities there within, uh, within that ISFJ within me, mm-hmm. but I feel like some of them aren't really applicable to, I mean, so like for instance, um, 
it's a personality with, or it's, it's, a, it's the trait that has, you know, provides a lot of support and is patient. I think that makes sense. Mm. But then at the same time, like, sometimes like, I'm like, Fran, if somebody is not quite at that same be- wavelength and, and lo- level as I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I actually can become very impatient. And so it's <laughs> very, <laughs> very interesting. I feel like I, maybe this is why I get different results because I, I, it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, I, I'll also say, I think Lukey and I, we answered the questions kind of like sort of in the middle band. I, like right. it's, it's like a right, Likert right. score from like strongly discreet to strongly agree. And I think I was more, you know, mildly to agree or, okay. or mildly disagree to disagree. I rarely ever went to the strong. Uh, I think it. we had this Got conversation it. about like, that's probably where I'm, I can be. Uh, you're, you're straddling that, that kind that, of neutral ground. That's right. Well, so, uh, I mean, if we look at the strengths of the uh, ISFJ, so you are supportive, you know, you share your knowledge, your experience, your time and energy with anyone who needs it, which I feel like that is someone you are, mm-hmm. right? So the patient part, we kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of fill up a little bit, <laughs> but uh, enthusiastic, you know, when the goal is right, defenders take all the support, reliability, imagination, apply to something they believe in. Do you think that's true? Yes. Okay. I so think then, I, I, yep. Yeah. And then, so on the weaknesses side, humble and shy. Kurt, are you humble and shy? You know, how shy are you? <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I think that's highly, highly accurate. Okay. Right. I think I still have a great deal of humil- humility. And so mm-hmm. maybe that that's certainly a weakness when you're trying to do some self-promotion. Mm. I'm a lot less shy now, but I think, uh, so maybe it's more, more humble rather than shy. If, okay. if you were to like, Look at this this attribute. Well, yeah, I mean, that shy, shyness is actually a skill that you can kind of learn to overcome. I guess a lot of these things you can learn. To yeah, yeah. Go after if you want to. Right? Yeah. And what was your second personality type when you did this test twenty four hours later? <laughs> I ISTP. ISTP. Okay. And what does that say? What kind of uh... the 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 character avatar is a virtuoso, which I'm like <laughs> I'm like what in the world <laughs> well so a virtuoso uh, someone who is introverted observant thinking and prospecting tends to have an individualistic mindset pursuing goals without needing much external connection they engage in life with inquisitiveness and personal skill and varying their approach as needed so it seems like the difference between this one and the the other personality type uh, this one is more i guess more a little bit more you like uh, to explore the world around you a little bit more, more, uh, more, more, more creative and creative. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More spontaneous yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I off, don't off. think I'm quite that spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. Well, often mechanics and engineers, mm. you know, see, it's like, okay, well that, so I suppose we, let's take a step back and, you know, I guess, you know, software engineers, engineers in general are mm-hmm. working in a creative field. It's just, it's maybe right. it's just not perceived as, creative because it's very mechanical or, or yeah. very, very scientific, but it's actually very yeah. creative. Right. So, so maybe in that respect, uh, we can all call ourselves creative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think what's interesting is that, uh, you know, when we look at our three personality types and Kurt, we're just going to pick one of yours <laughs> that there, there tends to be an overlap for us, us three, especially usually three let around three letters, which is actually quite strong, which probably explains why we're friends because we're different enough by kind of one of these letters. Right. But then we're joined and connected by the other three letters and the way that we kind of go about our lives and our values. That's usually how I think people tend to gel more based on what I've seen. 
Is this your working theory or you? No, I've, I've, I've seen this kind of happen. I think I've read some research on that too. And surprisingly, one of the research pieces I've read was that if you're finding a partner, so, you know, a mm. spouse or, or a girlfriend or whoever, that it's actually better if you have three letters that are different mm. and one letter that connects you. Okay. So be curious if you kind of look at your partner and your spouse to see what their personality types are. And if you're off by that one letter or off by three letters, but connected by the one letter. Oh, it's like opposites attract, but you need yes, that one bond. But you need that one you bond. Need some common. That kind of bonds yeah. you together. Um, and I've noticed that this does kind of work on my end as well. My first thought would be, well, if somebody is E and the other person is I, and mm-hmm. like fairly strongly E, fairly strongly I. Yeah. And I think I, I think I know a couple who's like this. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't really, oh, friend, okay. You know, yeah. they don't hang out together with their friends a lot. I mean, I, oh, really? Like for instance, for instance, I, I hang out with with the person with one person with you know with the person who's probably I think strongly an E, the right? E, yeah. But right. I never I never see you know this person's partner. Oh, interesting, interesting. So so I do think that if you're an extreme introvert, then you're likely to be holed up in your house. Mm. <laughs> you probably don't want to be social. Don't want to be socializing with anybody else. You know, I think that for us we're we're introverted but yet we're not the extreme introverts right we're it's it's in some cases we can straddle between kind of both ends like i've been an e in the we're past. all social we're all social yeah we're it's social just, yeah. um and we get our energy the introvertness of this is how we derive our energy how we yeah. recharge so we recharge through kind of being by ourselves but we're perfectly capable of being social and you know socializing in a group environment right so I think that that's a little bit different. Whereas I do know a lot of extroverts who need to recharge around people yep. in that the more people that are around, the, the more happy they are, the more energy they get. Whereas for us who are maybe introverted, we tend to get tired more quickly. Well, there's a concept called an ambivert, which is someone mm-hmm. that can actually switch in between. And, and I would suspect that if people are in a relationship and they're kind of like an E and an I, then the yeah. E is probably an, an ambivert where yeah. they can they can uh, turn the eye mode on and, and kind of help their partner um, so that they can recharge versus always being the E uh, side. And, and maybe the other way around too, where the eye could be like, just uh, put on the show <laughs> yeah. for the extra version, uh, just, just for like the, the evening and then basically like pass out for, the, for a day or two while they recover. <laughs> That's yeah, and, and I always just see these tests as a way for us to kind of get a little bit of insight into ourselves mm-hmm. Uh, we can't really rely on them for anything. I know a lot of organizations like to rely on them for something, but there's really no scientific basis for for this kind of uh, test. Like specifically, Myers Briggs was developed by a mother and daughter who has no uh, psychological experience. The mom, I think, worked in HR and she was trying to create something. And this was all created back in the 40s. Yeah, um, nice. Kind of an offshoot of like some Kao Young philosophy that they they came up with, but it became so popular in that, you know, everyone kind of adopted this. And it's surprising, like in Asia, like it's huge in Korea, South Korea. Sure. Like yeah. It's massive. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They'll it, actually it, ask you like, yeah, what, what is what your are, MBTI? Are you, yeah. <laughs> what are your letters? And then uh, they won't go out with you for the wrong letters or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's huge and huge in the celebrity culture. You know, this goes back to our, our kind of K-pop episode where, yeah, like when you look at uh, videos introducing 
these K-pop idols, they would actually list their MBTI types as part of their mm-hmm. profile. And yeah, then, it'd be like height, oh, weight, and MBTI type. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Oh, she's she's like me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think these tests are great for us to kind of reflect on our, you know, on ourselves. But I'm always curious about, you know, whether you guys think that uh, there are other tests out there because I know Luke, you mentioned to us, there's other ones that you actually find a little bit more interesting. So I'm curious about those. Yeah, so the one that I find is a little bit more complete is uh, it's called Strengths Finder. It's, mm. it's it's actually developed uh, with the help of like the, the Gallup company. Um, so there's a um, yeah the Gallup polls Gallup polls yeah. So yeah, shoot, uh, yeah I'm I blanking out of his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the 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 uh, Clifton, uh, I forget what his name his first name is, but uh, he he was the one that kind of piloted or was leading Gallup during that time. Mm. And it's much more complicated. There's like 42 uh, things, and okay. neither of them are like right or wrong. It's it's all of how you use it. So it's kind of like the strengths and weaknesses type of thing where it's it's less about in a particular situation and more like it's all tendency based, right? Okay. And uh, yeah, you, you can be on a whole bunch of spectrums, but they tend to be a little bit more grouped together. Uh, and I find that's a little bit more more accurate, maybe because there's more different things and, and you can you can bucket people in, in different ways versus one of 16 that kind of abstracts a whole bunch of the complexity of like being human. Right. So right, right. that's, that's kind of the, the one I think is, is most accurate. The, the one that I think is the most helpful is there's actually a model called DISC, D-I-S-C. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the simpler ones, whereas uh, like MBTI has 16, this one only has four. Right? <laughs> so it's, so it's basically takes a uh, introvert and extrovert. So they, it's, it's assertive and passive instead of introvert extrovert. And then people and and tasks, so it's kind of like the the F and the T um, mm. for for that. And it basically says that this is more kind of behaviors and 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 how people communicate and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the I think the D is the dominant type. They're the 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 uh, outgoing uh, or the assertive, task focused, the command and control general. You're probably close to this. <laughs> it's just go go go. Why isn't it done? Like it should have been done yesterday. That sort of thing, right? The, the assertive um, people person are more kind of the salesy, like, hey, how's it going? How's the weather? How's the dog? How's the kids? Whatever. On the passive side, it's uh, the, the, the S is uh, more um, the sensing one. It's, it's the mothering type. Hey, how's it going? How's your weekend? Sit down and have a cookie. Let's have some hot cocoa, that sort of thing. And then the uh, C is the, the conscientious one. It tends to be like the computer scientists, engineers, like give me mm. the data. Right. So okay. I would suspect um, on that, you're probably a, a, D, a DC somewhere. Right. 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 Where, uh, and people tend to uh, communicate well with people in their own uh, like letter, own obviously. Letter. Right. And if you're in the opposite quadrant, that's when you communicate really horribly <laughs> with another person. So being able to switch And the good thing about this test, I find, is that within like two, five minutes, 10 minutes, you can probably tell what the other person is uh, pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Whereas like an, like a Myers-Briggs, like unless someone tells you they're an INTJ or ENFP or whatever, like you won't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> or I feel like we can guess. I feel like we can look at our friends and start assigning four letters to them and see how close <laughs> we get. I yeah, think it's possible. You Fair could enough. with with friends you know, I suppose. Yeah, but, friends you know well, you know their personalities, yeah. 
exactly whereas this one it's it's, it's like in within five minutes a couple of minutes you could probably put them in a, in a bucket and again it, it doesn't get to the deep seated like like what are your values and stuff like that but yeah. it, i think it, it is it is helpful in that so that's kind of the the two spectrums that i put these tests but i would agree with you where it's less about what label you give yourself and more like how do you react to it like mm. does it does it does it suit you does it not like in what context i think is 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 as well because I think if you're answering it more in like the uh, like something where like something personal just happened to you. Right. And, and you're mm-hmm. kind of uh, that's in your mind versus something professional or something like positive or negative. Right. I think mm-hmm. that can have a, a big uh, impact on, on yours, which is probably why in 24 hours <laughs> you're able to swing a whole letter, that sort of thing. Yeah. Something probably happened to you one day that that was in your mind that kind of uh, uh, governed some of your answers a little bit more than the than the other one. I think I think you're absolutely right. It's just, huh, huh, I answered this question. Why did I answer this question this way yesterday? It was just, you're right. It's, I think it's a, the context and, and what was going through my, my, my day or my mind at that, that second time. Yeah, very yeah, interesting. I think, I think an interesting point is what Fran had made where like he uh, had kind of what the strongly agree or strongly disagree. He had a couple of those, right? Mm-hmm. Where I find that a lot of folks, uh, like they don't tend to do that. Like, so, um, like it would, it would be very hard for me to, to find something that I put like strongly agree. So I probably put, I put a, a bunch of agrees, right, right, maybe right. not a lot of strongly agrees. Mm, okay. Right? So, yeah, and there's probably a, a couple of them agrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of them that, that are there too. And, and then I, I actually find that as I take it more, then I'll be like, like, let's say I, I took this test, I'd have a bunch of agrees. And then maybe whatever the twentieth time I took it, it, it could be a strongly agree <laughs> because I've taken enough. Where it's like, you know what? Yeah, it is a strongly yeah, agree yeah, at this the, point. <laughs> you've been you've been anchored to thinking agree, agree, agree. Oh, maybe it's strongly agree. Yeah, <laughs> maybe where it's kind of like pushing the needle there, right? So, so I don't know. And again, back to your point about the the not exactly scientifically minded piece of it. Yeah, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of things on that side. So, do you guys think our personalities have been kind of set in stone in our formative years? And have we actually changed a little bit throughout our adult life? Like for me personally, I feel like I have changed and evolved, but yet my personality letters have likely stayed the same, but I do feel like I've changed, which is kind of confusing. A change is probably likely, especially as you move through different Mm -hmm. cohorts of friends, right? We talked about in in past podcasts that you're the average of, of, you know, whatever X, three, four, five, of the friends that you hang out with. And if you, mm-hmm. you know, travel different cities and you live in different cities, you will naturally have different uh, cohorts. Um, so I think that's true. And for me, I would say, yeah, definitely. Especially when you find your partner who is different than you, mm-hmm. you do tend to like, that's probably the strongest magnet for changing you because like you're oh, hanging fair. out with this person every day and, yeah. and you, you know, there's a lot more influence. So, so I, I think that's, that, that would be the case. Also, when you leave, leave home, mm-hmm. you leave yeah. the comfort of your parents, right. And the influence yeah. of your parents and your siblings. So that's the other thing too, that might, uh, might cause you to, to change for me. I think being in different work environments where, uh, I've been pushed to do things that I really was uncomfortable in you know, in doing in my earlier, mm-hmm. like life as a student, mm-hmm. uh, did stretch me. And I feel like that's pushed me like further away from, from an I and closer to an E, even though I'm still an I. Right. I think someone sent me an article just before this, where they, uh, it, it mentioned how, if you, uh, 
live or work abroad, like for an extended period of time, like at least a couple of months, then it changes your self or sense of self and, and the world because you get more exposure to culture. So I think that definitely has a huge impact as, as well, where uh, as I think of some of our friends where they've kind of done the same thing, not even not move, but they haven't changed companies <laughs> for like decades, that sort of thing, where that is um, a... a uh, like, I don't know how you can change if that happens, but if there's different life circumstances, different exposure, I, I don't know how you couldn't change. I guess there's probably some fundamental things like to, to your point about the, the values and stuff, those yeah. might, might uh, stay the same, but how they manifest itself, I, I think uh, should change uh, based on different yeah. experiences. I don't know. Yeah. And I wonder how maybe this is another podcast topic that we can go into. It's kind of growing through you know the years how we have grown based on the experiences that we have you know experienced some who have lived and worked abroad some who may have you know did their schooling in a completely different country um and you know making career changes and how that kind of pushes the boundaries of who we are and when you kind of don't do that and you kind of just become a little bit complacent where you don't push your limits then you're just going to stay the same really but I think once you kind of do all these different things and try these different things, then you do grow and maybe your personality does, you know, or do slowly change over time. But that is a, that is a, probably another interesting topic that we can get into. Yeah. And, and I don't think growth necessarily has to happen where you have to like uproot your life and go elsewhere. Right. No, so, not necessarily. So you, no. Yeah. But, but you have to be a lot more purposeful if you are in the same situation to actually grow into different areas and, and, and advance and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, uh, we're, we're not saying that the people who, who kind of sit there are, are like, they're, they're not good or whatever. Right. They're, no, they're not definitely at all. values to, to that. Um, but yeah, I think it, it could be a very interesting conversation. Cool. All right. So I think that was a good discussion on our uh, four letters and maybe we'll get to more discussions on different aspects of personality or different areas of what has changed us over the uh, years. Uh, but thanks gentlemen for the conversation and we'll see you on the next episode. Later. See you later. That wraps up another episode of 40 going on 18. We would love to hear what you think. Leave us your comments on our Instagram at 40 going on 18 podcast or become a patron. Links are available on our Instagram page. Thanks and have a great day.